Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 75th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include Amy Over, the Columbine survivor, talks about her podcast, Season 2 of Confronting Columbine. We'll also talk with WWE champ Drew McIntyre about his book, A Chosen Destiny, which is available now. We'll also visit with 80s sensation Tiffany, got a new single, Hey Baby, some new vinyl, upcoming tour, and more to talk about. And we'll also visit with country group Texas Hill, comprised of Craig Wayne Boyd, Adam Wakefield, and Casey James. We'll be talking about their new single, upcoming dates, videos, and more. Of course, if you would, please take time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the merch shop, and share with your friends. Now, have you ever had a job interview where they threw one of those brain teaser questions at you just to see how you think on your feet? Well, I guess this would be an extreme example of that. A woman named Bisha Golshani in Los Angeles just tweeted out a picture of a question she got on an online job interview. She wrote, quote, this is definitely the most bizarre question I've ever seen on a job application. The question is, quote, You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? Now, I don't know what the job was or how Bita answered, but her tweet is going viral now and people are throwing in their own ideas. Now, one person said they once took a course on how to respond to interview questions and there's actually a correct answer open a business where you hire the elephant out for events. But I personally like some of the other people's ideas more, like one that said, unfortunately, I can no longer work here. Raising this elephant is my full-time job. We're going to travel from town to town solving mysteries. Or another favorite of mine, give me the job or my elephant will sit on your car. We love talking podcasts, we love talking life, we love talking what we can learn from life as well, and a great podcast to talk about Season 2 of Confronting, Confronting Columbine, and we've got Amy over with us today, and first off, Amy, I appreciate you taking some time to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> now, the the podcast world has just absolutely blown up. I mean, it, it seems like everybody's got a podcast and there's something to cover any subject. And how did you first get involved in uh, in the Confronting podcast? And uh, what were the big challenges uh, to start speaking your mind, if you will? Yeah, you know, uh, they asked me about a, over a year ago um, to to be a part of the podcast, and um, I didn't say yes at first. I was pretty nervous about you know having a platform like this, um, but something in my gut and in my heart told me that this um, will help a lot of people. And for you, when you go back to that day, uh, back in 1999, a high school senior, I mean, what, now that you have time to look back at it, I mean, what does, has that day meant to you in, uh, in the long term of your life and in many of the decisions that you've had to make? You know, 1999 Columbine, uh, April 20th was a day that forever changed my, my world and my trajectory of you know, the kind of person I am and it changed everything. Um, when you are about to lose your life or your life is in danger, um, it definitely makes you think of, of how you want to live your life and, and the things that you want to do in life. So, um, I, and I've, I've turned it into a positive. Um, it's been a long journey. It's been a long 22 years of, you know, self-reflecting and, you know, ups and downs. And uh, I'm, I'm still fighting and running my marathon. 22 years. And, and this is one of those things that uh, I'm sure you've been asked millions and millions of times questions about the day. Did that make it part of the reason why it was so hard to say yes on the podcast in the, in the first place? No, you know, I, I, I just want to do right by the Columbine community. And so I didn't want to put myself out there, you know, and, and do something wrong. Um, I, I was just nervous about, you know, talking to lead investigators, talking to, um, you know, talking about our perpetrators, you know, I mean, that, those are heavy, hard topics to talk about. And I did, I just wanted to do right by Columbine. I want I want people to know what a great community it is and still is. 
and um, you know, we're a very resilient community and uh, and very strong. So um, yeah, it was. It, it's just been a, it's just been a crazy ride uh, doing this podcast. Now, what is maybe the big aha moment that you've had uh, on maybe in the research or in the interviews uh, of the podcast so far? That's a good question. Um, you know, I I definitely find out if I'm on the hit list in one of the episodes from the lead investigator, Kate Batten. Um, that is insane to actually physically see. I physically saw the hit list. And uh, so that was kind of a, like a, something in my healing that I needed to hear. So, um, you know, it's just uh, Dave Cullen taught me so much um, with his book. Um, he debunks a lot of the myths that mm-hmm. of Columbine. So it's really it's really important that people sorry. It's really <laughs> important that people understand that um you know, it wasn't just a trench coat mafia. It wasn't just bullying. And, you know, it was kind of like an aha moment that, okay, this didn't cause Columbine. These were two kids that wanted to kill for fun. And that's what Mary Ellen O'Toole says in, in, um, in one of the last episodes that this was the first time when she saw the basement tapes that were, they were never released to the public, thank God. But when she saw the basement tapes, she was like, these guys wanted to kill for fun. And that's so disturbing on so many levels. And all of the disturbing news that we've seen in the world over the last 12 months, for you to be able to maybe put a little bit of a light on such a dark situation, I mean, I'm sure that's that's got to be one of the, the, the highest points for you right now. Definitely. In this podcast, I mean, there is a lot of trauma in it, and, and it's very hard to hear some, some of the episodes, but there's so much laughter and love and community and resiliency. I mean, this podcast has it all. It'll have you, it's, all, it's, it's literally a roller coaster of emotions. You'll be laughing one minute and crying the next and um, giggling. And, um, but then, you know, it's, it's very heartfelt and, um, you know, it's, I'm very proud of this, the the work that we did on this podcast. And again, uh, Confronting Columbine is uh, the podcast. And Amy, I want to make sure and let folks know where they can find more information, not only about the podcast, but everything you've got going social media wise as well. Yeah. Um, so you can download our podcast on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Wondery, Google. Um, and then you can, you know, hit me up on, you know, Facebook, just look up Amy over. You can look us up at uh, confronting. Um, actually, I don't have that email right now. Of that's something I need to put down. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you can. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, um, and yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Well, Amy, it's been great to visit with you. I appreciate you you. taking some time out of your crazy schedule. Continued success with the podcast, and hopefully we'll catch up again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, if you're still shopping for Mother's Day, time is running out. But this might help if you need something last minute. Someone polled over 2,000 moms and asked them what they'd actually enjoy getting as a gift. And here are the top 10. Number one, a card. 43% of moms said they'd love to get one. Now, that doesn't mean that they'd be thrilled with just a card, but in general, moms do like getting them. Number two, flowers. Number three, doing something with the family, like dinner or going somewhere outdoors. Number four, a keepsake. So something sentimental, like a framed photo that's engraved. Number five, chocolate. Number six, something homemade. Now this is especially for moms with younger kids. Number seven, a spa day or massage. Number eight, jewelry. Number nine, a day to themselves. So you say happy Mother's Day, then just leave them alone for 24 hours. And number 10, for someone else to take care of all the household tasks that they normally do. Also, one in seven moms said breakfast in bed would be great, 12% said they want clothes, and one in eight said some booze would be greatly appreciated. We've got WWE superstar Drew McIntyre on with us, and uh, first off, Drew, I appreciate you taking some time to be on the show. 
No, thank you for having me. Now, Drew, tell us, uh, when when did you decide that author was going to be a, a, a slash that would go before or after your name? When did that inspiration come for you? Uh, I didn't make the personal decision. I didn't sit there and go, <laughs> you know what the world needs right now is a wrestler from uh, Scotland in WWE's book right now. That's what the world really needs. It was more um, a company approached WWE um, who approached myself directly and asked, would you be willing to put a book out? And I said, why? But I do that. Like I'm still wrestling right now. I'm still pretty young. <laughs> like, no, Drew, it's not just your wrestling story, which is pretty um, incredible with all the ups and downs you've been through. It's more your personal story and how open you are with your personal story. We've been watching you do all these interviews uh, with the media. This you tell it on the television show Monday Night Raw, and we really think if you were willing to put your story out there the way you do already, it could help a lot of people and inspire them during some difficult times. And when it was presented to me, it was right at the start of the pandemic. We didn't know how long it was going to go, but my wife and I spoke about it. And we recognized the situation that people were going through. And I told her, I was like, listen, if we put up my story and it helps just one person get through a difficult time and know there's a light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how dark times get, then it's absolutely worth it. And we started working on the book and I got to go through my history and understand that it's been a crazy 20 year run. I'm 35 right now, I've been wrestling since I was 15. I mean, it's been a crazy 35-year-old <laughs> through my whole life, but wrestling 20-year run especially. And just to see not just the career aspects, which is cool, but more the, the personal growth and the amount of times I've fallen down over my life and the people around me who lifted me back up and kept pushing me forward to be the best version of myself was pretty cool to go through again. And I definitely sent a lot of texts to a lot of people after I went through my entire life again to thank them for being part of the journey and helped me become not just the superstar I am today, WWE champion I am today, more importantly, the man I am today. And as you go recounting those stories, the ups and the downs, I mean, how much more does that make you appreciate where you're at today in the industry as opposed to when you first came in? Yeah, I'm just all appreciation right now. <laughs> if you ask young <laughs> Drew, like um, about if he's going to be in WWE and WWE champion from age six to age 24, when I've been in WWE for three years, I'd say you're damn right. <laughs> I was a bit, a bit more cocky when I was younger, and I did. I was appreciative, but not, like I was not like I did not understand the gravity of the opportunities I was presented when I was younger, and I certainly um, wasn't mentally ready for a lot of professional responsibilities. But more importantly, I just wasn't growing up enough for a lot of stuff going on in my life. I was struggling enough to deal with just being an adult. Like coming straight from university, living with my parents, to being part of WWE and Big Bad America, trying to grow up, <laughs> that was hard enough. But then to go through some of the issues I went through is a detail in the book, like my mother getting sick with cancer, being so far away, being so close to her, it really sent me in a tailspin. And when she passed, I was just off the rails, out of control. And it took, you know, she was the like, strongest woman in my life that inspired me to chase my dreams and never give up. But then it took another strong woman and my wife to really pick me back up at my lowest and put me back on the path that I got um, on and where I'm on right now is all because of her. So yeah, it's almost like a work of fiction at times when you look at it with such strong female leads, it's almost like the wizard of Oz or something where like <laughs> Kansas is air and Oz is WWE and I'll get down the yellow brick road to meet the wizard. That's Vince McMahon. And I've got my friends on the way, like a detail in the book, like, WWE superstar Seamus, he's still trying to find his brain to this day, so it's an interesting <laughs> read. <laughs> now, what is maybe the biggest misconception that fans have uh, about the WWE and about the road to success in uh, in the WWE as well? Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. That's why I'm so open in the book about the wrestling industry, WWE specifically, and I'm not afraid to talk about everything and just lay it out that it isn't easy. <laughs> like, uh, I usually break it down to this. Like, I'm from Scotland. Uh, it's a country of 5 million people. And making it to WWE was so unlikely. But if you're from America, making it in WWE is so unlikely. Like, my mom used to say to me, my dad used to say to me, Drew, there are thousands of soccer clubs in the world. You're pretty good at like football, soccer. Like if you keep pursuing that, why does it have to be this one company that exists? There's only one company, there's limited roster spots. You want to be WWE champion. There's only one of those. What makes you think you're going to do it? And it's the same over here. Like there's a lot of baseball teams, football teams, basketball teams, ice hockey teams. And there's one WWE still, even to this day, like at that top, top level. Um, there's only one WWE. And the idea of making it there is crazy enough. But to become WWE champion, which a lot of people go, oh, well, it's not that you're going in there and fighting for real, getting the titles. Like, no, it's like, way easier if it was that way. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things I've got to come into play for you to 
become WWE champion. The fans have to believe in you. It has to make sense business-wise. And the top brass in the company have to say, this is the right person for the job. This is the person who can represent our company in the right way, get the job done in the ring, out of the ring. The fans are behind them. Everything points at this person. They're going to be the one who leads this one company in the world forward. And when I get the chance to break it all down and explain it that way, which I do throughout the book, that's really cool for me because I'm not going to start going... Like, oh, Drew, it's fake. So, no, it's not. It's totally real, man. I was like, listen, if you figure out the fake gravity, you tell this guy first. But, uh, yeah, I'm very, very open in the book about the industry. It's written for fans and new fans and uh, about my life in general, obviously. Now, this last year, what is the big thing that you've kind of looked at internally as we've had some time to ourselves? Is there something that, uh, that you've been kind of focusing on, working on uh, your craft in your alone time as well? Uh, I mean, like work-wise, I never stop working. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be like WWE's, I call myself the global brand ambassador. I've been doing non-stop interviews all year. It's been fun. Like, this is not a job for me. I'm literally living my dream. But it's more the outside the ring stuff I get to do that mean the most to me right now and helping people. And I have the opportunity to do so many virtual visits over the year and met with the you know, Children's Hospital in September during Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. That was so cool. And we do our tribute to the troop show every year for the troops and their families to show our appreciation, usually in person. We couldn't do it this year. So we brought the troops into our Thunderdome virtually. Had the chance to do meet and greets one-on-one with them, myself and Lacey Evans, WWE superstar as a former mm-hmm. Marine. And we got to talk to them and uh, understand that they're struggling a lot mentally right now and how much our show meant to them. And like, we just want to show appreciation to them and to hear their stories. I was like, wow, this is a really big, I knew it was a big thing and a cool thing we were doing, but this means even more right now hearing their stories that we can just bring them a little happiness and show them how much they're appreciated. And on top of that, just things like writing my book and getting to tell my stories and getting the feedback that drew this particular time you went through really spoke to me because I'm struggling right now and I was able to get through it here and you went through it too and you achieved your dreams in the end. And outside of all the, and you know work-related stuff and outside the ring-related stuff i've also the chance to be with my wife for the first time ever because i've lived on the road our entire relationship (laughs) and i know a lot of couples in this didn't necessarily make it during this time which is unfortunate but we actually grew stronger spending all that time together and uh, i learned more about myself and how to be present a lot more because i'm in this line of work you can kind of be go 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 all the time mentally and i've learned to slow down appreciate my time on the sofa with her and my two cats and that's become my favorite time now and keeps me balanced because I'm so crazy with the wrestling brain. So she keeps me balanced. <laughs> <in the details. laughs> that's good. And again, the book, a chosen destiny, my story, uh, drew, I want to make sure and uh, not only let our listeners know about uh, where they can find info about the book, but everything you've got going social media wise as well. Um, I never remember the social media. I believe it is D McIntyre WWE on Twitter and Instagram. So if I'm wrong, it's the one with a tick. <laughs> it's the obvious one. <laughs> Don't believe the other ones. The amount of messages I get saying like, hey, you sent me a message recently where you were telling me your address and where to meet up and all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, please. If it doesn't have the tick, <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Drew, it's been a privilege to have the chance to visit with you this morning. I uh, wish you continued success and hopefully we can catch up again real soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today, buddy. Thank you for the chat. And we will do this again very soon. And then very, very soon in person. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thank you, bud. Now, there is a good chance that you've heard one of these lines from a boss before. But co-workers are even guilty of saying them to each other sometimes. And here are five things that people say at work without realizing they're being condescending. Number one, you can do better than that. Now it sounds like the type of thing a parent says to their kid and it invalidates their effort. A better way to say it? This looks great, but I think we can do even better. Number two, I actually like that idea. Now it's a backhanded compliment that makes it sound like they don't have good ideas in general, so it's better to just say, that's a great idea. Number three, starting a sentence with everyone knows this already, because if someone doesn't know, it can make them feel dumb or inferior. So it's better to start those kind of sentences with you might already know this. Number four, good luck with that. It can sound like you're expecting them to fail, so when you see someone tackling a difficult task, it's better to say something like, that sounds tough. Feel free to let me know if you need some help. And number five, you're missing my point. 
it implies it's 100% their fault. But it could be your fault too if you didn't explain it well. So it might just be better to say, let me rephrase that so it's clearer. Taking you back to the 80s and 90s, got some new stuff to talk about. 2021, exciting year, and uh, Tiffany on the line with us. And first off, Tiffany, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. How are you? I am well, and, and I'm excited, and I know you've got a lot of exciting news to share, lots of projects going on, and t Tiffany, in the in the midst of 2021, uh, to see 2021 in the bright spots you got ahead, I mean, how excited are you for the year? Oh, well, I'm very excited. Got a new tour out called Shadows Tour, new album, Shadows, uh, so go to TiffanyTunes.com, everybody, check it out there, new single out called Hey Baby, so yeah, I mean, we're a year late, but we're really right on time because now everything is moving forward and people are ready to kind of start going out and resuming the summer and having, you know, our normality back a little bit and, and just, you know, getting getting on with it a little bit as far as moving on with life. It's been so hard on everybody. It's been terrible. I mean, this has just been, wow, a wild ride. So, you know, I think now everybody just kind of wants to safely go at their own way, you know, their own pace and get out there and start to kind of, again live again so you know this is i'm i'm so excited to be a part of so excited to be doing new music and be rocking out you know the retro stuff as well celebration of gosh you know 30 years of i think we're alone now uh which is exciting and you know i mean we just re-released it we just remastered it and it's out now on vinyl actually uh with hey baby the new single so check it out to com. that's the place to go so and that has all my tour dates because we're going to start june 5th and we go out to greenville texas and then we that's it we're out for until november here and there for the most part so it's a, it's a packed tour <laughs> yeah we've been i've been very lucky everything's been holding at bay but for a year so i knew once it just go it was going to be like okay go uh so i try to do as possible but you know i'm right now just booking all the stuff with my agents and my assistant and we're working on this on a daily factor and then we go into rehearsals in california and then we go on the road now tiffany how how much different does the prep look for a tour than uh, than anything you've seen before right now uh well i mean you mean the difference between then and now or just i mean there's there's so much difference in touring now i think you know you know, compared to before. I mean, I've always been kind of more of an indie uh, tour. I did the big tour with Mixtape, and I've done my own big tours. But I like all the real organic indie kind of little festivals and off-the-side-of-the-road places, acoustic shows. I love full band, and that's what Shadows is. But we're also going to be entwining a bunch of different meet-and-greet packages, a bunch of different, like, acoustic on-the-side concerts. So lots and lots of different things on this. We're just going to do music. Like, go for it. <laughs> and, and Tiffany, how exciting is it to just be able to just focus on some music for a while? And and also, how therapeutic has music been for you this last year? Uh, well, I mean, music for me has been, again, just I've been, like, really waiting to, you know, to release some new stuff. And then for me, I'm a songwriter. You know, the last, like, you know, year or so, I've just been kind of bursting at the scene. So lots of stuff in between for maybe myself or other artists, don't know where to land. But, you know, a lot of creativity, I think, going on with all of us out there. Um, you know, Let's Food with Tiffany. I started my own company for a food club. Um, and I have my Instagram, Let's Food with Tiffany Instagram. So, um, yeah, I've been just doing stuff that I really love to do, all this different creative. And I think everybody found different passions or different interest because you know we were forced to take some time off so. <laughs> so i think we had to dig deep now tiffany obviously social media out there now something we didn't have to deal with as we were youngsters uh, tiffany how much uh, how hard is it to keep up with social media these days oh it is i mean you know it's hard because I, like i said i have let's do with tiffany on instagram and i have tiffany tunes my website i'm very inactive very active in that, um, I've got Radical Red Beauty now going on because I'm doing my own line of lipsticks. Why not? It makes sense. I have all these wonderful women following me and mixtape tour, and they're my girls. So I've always had boutiques, and I have an online boutique, but also I decided to get into more beauty products and all kinds of different wonderful things. Um, so partnered up with I Am Zeering, and um, we're just rocking 
some radical red lipsticks and some radical red beauty and power lips and all that jazz. So lots of things behind the scenes. So yes, my full day is between me and my team is like getting the word out. You know, even the shows, like you know, you gotta you gotta let people know you're touring. So and there's so much going on in social media. It's like to keep up the pace. So I try to have, like, I turn it off, try to, by, like, 7 o'clock to have a normality <laughs> in my own life and some sanity. But, you know, I mean, it's a lot. Right now we're getting ready for a tour, and there's nothing to really complain about, which I'm grateful because, again, you know, we've been all, like, with such a wild ride, you know, things changed a little bit. So I'm so thankful just to do music. I've always been happy to be doing what I love to do and grateful. But I think even more now because it makes feel even more connected right now, you know, and it's just, it's nice to see it all kind of come together again and how precious it really is. And so, yeah, I'm very proud of this tour, the, you know, Shadows tour and then Shadows, the album is new music for me. I don't think anybody's heard before, you know, it's a little wink back to the eighties, a little go-go's, little Ramones, a little Tiffany, you know, um, but you know, it's got a very modern, uh, production to it, you know, it is definitely today's music and on par. So, you know, it's, I'm excited that L.A. Guns, part of L.A. Guns, a few members are going to be on the road with me, stepping as, as, as players with me. So this is exciting. Um, you know, just a lot, a lot of really cool celebration of music. So, yeah, we're just going to be playing everywhere we go. <laughs> now, Tiffany, what is, what's the thing you miss most about being up on that stage in those live performances? Uh, well, I mean... You know, uh, Let's Food with Tiffany has been really great because I've been doing a lot of cooking and hosting in different places. So lots of outdoor events um, where we always do one song, which is I think we're alone now, of course. Um, so uh, it's been great to be, you know, organic again, just one-on-one, you know, smaller crowds out in the field somewhere, you know, with the mask or whatever. But you can see that twinkle in the eye. I think the connection's even stronger a little bit. So it's, you know, some venues are going to be using plexiglass to kind of wall off the stage, however we can get it done. But, you know, a lot of people are opening up again and to have full band, uh, you know, and just to see people coming out. It's, yeah, I mean, I've missed it for sure, but I've kept engaged, which is live streaming is not the same, um, I have to say. So it really is awesome to be back on the stage with, with live breathing people out there, the energy in the room is know a whole different thing that's right well tiffany if folks want more information about the tour about the album the singles uh the vinyl all of that uh i know you mentioned it before wanted to give you another chance to to let our listeners know well yes everybody go to tiffanytunes.com that's where you find all things tiff world come cook with me come hang out with me check out all things and we're definitely be touring i've got the new vinyl out and you know definitely hey baby is something the new single that i think everybody will have a lot of fun with so I love you guys, and thank you for checking it out, TiffanyTunes.com. All right. Well, Tiffany, it is always great to visit with you. I appreciate you taking some time out of your crazy busy schedule, and hopefully we'll catch up as you hit the road, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Bye. Well, a Chinese translator who works for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is denying that she had anything to do with breaking them up. Her name is Shelley Wang, and she's worked for the foundation since 2015. Now, there have been rumors that she had more than a professional relationship with either Bill or Melinda. On Chinese social media, she said, quote, I thought that the rumors would go away by themselves, but I did not expect the rumors to become more and more crazily spread. I would like to thank everyone for their concern and help in dispelling the rumors through private messages in the past 24 hours. Another interesting twist that's come up since they announced their split is that Bill had an arrangement with Melinda that allowed him to vacation every year at a beach cottage in North Carolina with a woman he was dating before he met her. But this is not something they ever hid from the public, and there's no evidence there's anything but friends. And the other woman is married to the brother of actor Kevin Klein. Our final guests on the podcast today, Adam Wakefield, Craig Wayne Boyd, and Casey James all together 
put them together that it's order? still yeah adam <laughs> likes that order too and uh adam <laughs> Craig, and casey first off thank you guys for coming on the show no problem Man, thanks thank for, you so much for having us yeah now, now, Craig, actually, Casey, I'm going to, since you came in last, I'm going to ask you first, uh, wh- how did the three of you guys come together? And uh, was it like a jam session gone, gone good, I guess? Uh, you know what? It kind of happened pretty organically, really. Um, ran into Craig at a couple of random events in town. And uh, I, I think it. I think it actually started by me saying something. He had a good-looking pair of boots on, and I said, "Man, those are good-looking pair of boots." And and we got to talking, and you know, he was he's from Texas, and I'm from Texas, so we immediately kind of made friends. And then we kind of we our families are strangely tied together. We have kids that are the same age. Our wives know each other from growing up together in California. So it was all these weird things. So we 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 had a couple of dinners and. And, uh, and then he approached me with the idea of like, Hey man, I've been wanting to do like a band thing. Would, would that be something you're interested in? And I said, absolutely. And that's when he, he mentioned that he had a, uh, a ringer for the third, the third person, which I'm sure he was telling Adam the same thing at the same time. Oh, I was. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, uh, the rest is, uh, history. <laughs> you must you must have heard my last interview because i've kind of spilt the beans on that <laughs> oh really well, let's i did it. i finally I told him i was like i was telling both of them that the, that the other was in and i had no clue if they were <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not surprised at all actually <laughs> now you know me well enough you know that's exactly what i was doing <laughs> absolutely now now guys being known in and obviously uh on the voice and in, in american idol reality stars uh being known as solo artists, I guess, how, how hard is it to kind of change the mindset there to go to a group setting, if you will? Adam, you can take that one. Adam, Adam's got the, yeah, Adam's got this one. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I never personally ever changed from being a solo artist in my mind just because <laughs> of my greatness. But um, if I have to dial it back, you know, I will. But uh I don't know. I don't think for any of us, it's really all that tough. It'd be one thing if we were all just kind of like, you know, like lounge singers or something before we did the show, but we were all, we've all been in bands and been playing music with our buddies. I mean, that's how we all got started was, you know, hanging out in high school and being like, sports are stupid. Let's play music instead. And, you know, hanging out with our buddies and playing. So I don't think, it, you know, just cause you go on a TV show, I don't think that necessarily changes all that much. So you, you get done, you get off the show and you get a bunch of people, everybody telling you, you need to be doing this and you'd be doing that. You get the solo career. And now you're kind of the boss man, which, you know, stinks in a lot of regards um, because you just kind of lose a little bit of that camaraderie that you get from having just a band. So on, uh, you know, but that, it's not like he really changes you as a person. I think we just kind of, everybody got fed up with that mindset. And I think everybody would yeah. be to just be like, man, I just want to be in a band with some dudes again and get together in a garage and sing through some crappy radio shake shack mics again. You know, like that's, I'm going to do that. That was fun, you know? So I think that was kind of the mindset we all went into it with. I'm glad I had what, good mics. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I love the most in this, in the situation is it just like to further what Adam was saying is, you know, coming off of the show. So leading up to the show, I did idol like, you know, 10 years ago up to that point, I was doing, you know, a lot of things where you're, you're interacting with other musicians on a daily basis in such a way that you're learning from them. You're becoming a better person. You're becoming a better musician, you know? Um, and then you go through the show and just like he said, it's kind of like everybody pushes you to be the, the boss man. And, you know, there's positives and negatives of that. But the thing that I think I've enjoyed the most um, with being in a band with really talented dudes is honestly getting better, learning and 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 not just that. But when there's three different personalities, you've got to give and learn on a personal level, like, you know as well in a big, in a big way where, you know, normally, you know, you don't really have to um, compromise in things in this way Uh, with a band, you definitely do. And it's just pushing me specifically, I would say to be a better person. And I love that. I love that side of it. 
I love that it's doing that for you too. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam, Adam's already perfect, so he doesn't have to worry about any of that. But that's that's right, exactly. Just I, I'm just a shining example of how I'm sure. Well, you know, I mean, we just. It's all right. We just have like 45 minute arguments about whether the sh Red Bull on the rider is sugar free or not. That's really <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, I made sure it wasn't sugar free, though. I, I'm just going to tell you um, the this last one. I, I didn't put sugar free on there, man. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Give us the sugar. All we get left. Now you I'm talk back in the band. You talk about working together as a band. And does does being together and and working together like that help in the songwriting process as well? I know uh, on the new single, obviously, but uh, it, it, does that help that process for you guys as well? I mean, what's been fun about the writing process is that we all kind of brought different. Uh, we bring different uh, assets to the table. We all kind of have a different style of writing, um, but it all comes together really nicely. I mean, we have. We have their, our arguments. I'm probably the most uh, opinionated um, at the end of the day when it comes to that stuff. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I hate to even use, well, I won't use that word, but I'll say, I'll say that I'm a second, a second verse snob a lot of the time. So they, they like, they know if they're bringing a song to me, I'm like, I'm probably not going to like the second verse, but, <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, that it, uh, it's been fun to branch us all out of our, our normalcy that we are used to. And, uh, getting into being open-minded yeah i i think when we first started getting together and, we, and started writing songs and and you know especially like me personally when i was right you know if i'm coming up with some stuff by myself to bring to the group uh, at first i was worried because i was like oh well casey will like this but craig won't like this or uh, you know craig will like this but i don't really like this you know it's like you think that's what it's going to be but really it's not it's one of those it's as long as everybody's got the same mindset which i think we do which is everybody really um you know, kind of uh, wants to nurture what other people bring to the group besides them, you know, the, the, the eclectic that's nature right. of the songs that we have, but we're really trying to nurture that vibe. And so when that's, you know, this is for me, like writing wise, it's one of my favorite groups to write um, with because uh, there's like, you know, there's just so, so many different directions you can go. And it's really the only directions you can't go are the directions I wouldn't want to go, which is like, you know, Exactly. like format stuff so it's just it's there it's really it's like you know all all the good things none of the bad and wow uh, say that again say that again adam I'm, i did <laughs> yeah well, i cut I, out real quick uh <laughs> i want to record this one there was some static <laughs> right during that well moment. i mean craig is gonna still play guitar sometimes so i mean maybe not a <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> Hey, <laughs> a vacation. Uh, or, or, you're on point today, man. Come on. Or pretend to play guitar if you read some of the comments on our latest Facebook threads. <laughs> I know. Yes. Just, I replied to them too. I was like, no, it's called Dad Gad. It's D A D G A D. That's what I'm playing. Look, there, buddy. Pretending to play guitar. I'm like, I spent a long time working on that voice. Trust me. It took me a while to get that track to sound good. He's not pretending. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Well, let's let, let's move on to the the new single Four Roses and uh, Casey. I, I guess you're on a roll. We'll let you uh, kind of kick off uh, telling us a little bit about the single. You know what? I'm gonna actually pass this off. I don't ever do this, but this was more of a this was more of a Craig thing. I'm gonna let him share this this the story of the song with you. Yeah, this it was an idea that um, Adam had come in with. He had the the chorus completely written on this one, and I. had I was blown away right off the bat. I was like, dude, there is something really, really cool to this idea. Um, when he got to the twist of the a fifth of four roses and a broken heart, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is brilliancy right here. So um, and I heard it. You're welcome. Uh, towards, uh, yes, I did say brilliancy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I um, I wanted to kind of take the idea that he had there and, and kind of take it a little bit. I was hearing um 90s country right off the bat and of course um he was not hearing that but um we brought in a good friend of ours um phenomenal singer from kentucky area to come in and help us out with it and man it it uh, once we got in the writer's room the the uh verses just kind of spilt out on the paper yeah it was, it was this guy shannon lawson and he's in a band called el camino if you haven't checked him out they're awesome but he uh what was cool about the song is that like I, it was inspired by this uh, this tune. I heard Mac McAnally sing it. I was doing some shows with him, and and I heard him sing it every night. And I was like, and it just like kind of weaselled its way. The groove kind of weaseled its way into my brain. And so I was 
backstage writing writing this chorus and i was like oh wait a minute kind of sounds like this mac mcanally song so i asked him about it and he's like nah man it's this is way different enough i ain't worried about it i'm gonna put my name on it i was like all right win number one sweet and then uh, <laughs> and then when we started working on it it was funny i was like well if we if we go in a different direction with it no one will ever think and then i get there and I, uh, with craig and shannon and i'm like all right got this chorus and they're like oh yeah this is like 90s country i'm like yeah like the song that i stole it from great <laughs> so but it, it, it worked out really good and and uh i like the uh it's one of those it, it's hard this was kind of early on and, and i think one of the hardest thing for for me to and i'm sure for the other guys too is kind of wrap my mind around is when we're writing these songs is really keeping that mentality of of, of harmony singing because i think there's a lot of groups out there that you know like vocal groups that sing but i think a lot of it and even you know, most of them, even even the Eagles, to an extent, it's not as much about the harmony singing really as it is, uh, you know, like the chorus is always up harmony. But for us, we're like the more time, more time we can spend singing together, the better. So we even try and write our verses so they so we can all sing together. So was, that's one of those songs where, you know, there's a couple of lines here and there. Craig sings by himself. But besides that, everybody's singing together. And those are those are, I think, my personally, my favorite to do. Yeah. How much do you guys still geek out on the opportunity to just work on those vocals and, and, and just do the acapella stuff? I mean, how, how cool is that to, to work alongside each other? I, I know you're not the type to really build each other up like that, but uh, give you another <laughs> shot, right? I will say, I'll jump in on this one. It's like pretty much every time we're together. Um, I mean, we shoot videos and stuff. Uh, every once in a while, if we remember to do it, we'll shoot a video, but man, even driving on the road, cause we've been, you know, doing it old school in a 15 passenger van versus all of us being our, in our own separate buses or something. Um, but it's been really fun to one of us to pull out a guitar and we sit there and just sing nonstop. And that's, it's really, really fun. Yeah. I, I guess I I'm the only one having fun. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think, I think when like you originally put a group like this together with like three guys singing harmony, you're like, we're going to tour the country and we're going to work on songs together while we're driving down the road. You know, it's like, that's what everybody has in their mind, you know? And then like everybody gets into the van and you get ready to head down the road. And it's like, man, I got this episode of Netflix. I'm trying to watch, man. I ain't trying to sing or anything, but once, once you, once you get the cup of coffee and you go, all right, remember, remember when you thought about this, this is what you were going to do. You were going to sing in the, you know, in between gigs, you're going to put songs together in the van. And so we've been like, Make, making sure we do that and it's been great it's been it's it's fun what's nice is if we got four hours between one show to another we got four hours to work on one course let me tell you we'll have the right parts down by the time we get there you know exactly <laughs> nothing but time on the road when we're driving around it's nice to have something we can dedicate it to or we can, where we can be working instead of everybody's just sitting around watching their you know the third season of breaking bad <laughs> yep. we have no excuses that's yeah. for, that's for sure now what has uh what has been the biggest challenge this last year is it been location because of uh, of lockdown quarantine and all that well adam normally likes to make out with every single fan so we've had to curb <laughs> some of that and then it, but i mean it comes I at a with the mask now it's not a big deal because now he's married so you know no more of that no, it's been for so far as for us, man, it's actually been a nice, a nice uh, departure because we've all been uh, road dogs for so long. And us announcing ourselves during COVID um, and really just being able to us three get together and really hone in on the sound and the and the structure that we wanted to put together uh, without outside influences um, and let it letting it be organic has actually been really nice. Um, now we've got albums worth of music ready to go and now now it's just being patient and uh letting the songs come out as as uh, somebody else does tell us what how we're supposed to put them out <laughs> but so far as the influence on the songs that's been nice to be able to just us three getting getting in a room and working on those and writing stuff yeah, yeah I, 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 so I, I think this really the challenge is is that we just don't have We've been playing a lot. We've been doing, you know, shows, social distance shows and stuff like that. But that's, I think the biggest challenge is that we want, we just want to be playing with the full band more. It's really the, you know, we, we get, we, we did a little run of shows here in Nashville just, just to play, 
just to play. I mean, we, we found a great little spot to set up and just kind of invite our friends to come out and play. And we just kind of were playing weekly with just so we could jam with the full band because we do so many of these acoustic gigs just because that's kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of what, what we're working with right now in the, in the, as far as working out on the road. Um, so, yeah, our biggest challenge is we're just ready to jam, man. We're ready to turn it up. So, well, you know, I'm, I'm turn it up some. Soon. <laughs> what's what's the excitement level as you guys get set to uh, to get on the run of uh, being on the road being in that 15 passenger van like a, like you were talking about uh, how excited are you to actually be able to get out there in front of live fans again case i'm pumped i'm ready i i've it's been a very weird you know I, there's been good and bad like what we were just talking about uh you know the last little season that we've all went through together, you know, the good, the good being that we've had time to like Craig was saying and uh, really hone in on what it is that we're doing. The negative is that, you know, I've, I've spent my whole life playing music on almost a nightly basis and uh, to not do it is just really odd. It's just really weird. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely pumped and excited as things begin to, you know, regain some sense of normalcy that we can go out and, uh, and play shows, uh, and, uh, do what it is that we've spent our life, you know, dedicating our lives to, to doing and, and actually sharing it with people that have never seen it before. I mean, all of us have really, I mean, we've been doing what we, what we do for our whole lives and this pretty much single digits, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so this is something that's brand new for all of us. And so we're sharing it with people for the first time. So to say that I'm excited doesn't really even even touch it. And so many people that that have followed my career since the very beginning are just so excited because they love this music. They love what it's doing and and the guys that I'm doing it with. And and so for me, I'm just like I said, excited doesn't even come close to to really describing what I feel. So I'm just ready. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, guys, if uh, if folks want to uh, to check out <laughs> tour dates, as those those are coming open for you, uh, the the new single, all of your other uh, all of your other works as well. What's the what's the best place? Is it uh, social media, website? You man, the best the best place to do that is go to texashillofficial.com, and from there you can find the links to all of our social media sites um and we're on there quite often um posting things and and replying and all that good stuff and you know that's it like uh all the guys have been saying we've all been saying it we we're just excited to finally get some cool music out that uh, we are enjoying and i hope that everybody else enjoys it as much as we do that's cool well guys i'm gonna let each of you have one final word before we go uh get, I, I, craig you, you're the one that's directed I, i'll let you pick who goes first uh adam go for it brother one word brilliant no, <laughs> yeah <laughs> brilliancy strategery <laughs> no 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 grace <laughs> yes. oh i know you it was coming mine, you son of a <laughs> oh. now you have to tell them why you have to say that come on uh so i just recently got married here i'll give you the short short version just recently got married craig showed up to the wedding uh was very excited, excited to be there <laughs> i'm gonna use the word excited to be there um and uh i don't know i i, I believe he just didn't really pace himself how he should have maybe maybe i think he thought the reception was a little earlier than it happened to him, but, <laughs> i um, did by the by the time we got to the speech giving part of the evening uh craig <laughs> was good and ready for his speech and it was, <laughs> oh it was it was beautiful we're gonna be we're gonna be quoting that speech until we're you know until we're eventually there will be a video where we we completely relive it but yeah, yeah. that'll that's to be seen it was, at a yeah, later it was time. A it's kind of one of those had to be there moments, uh, you know. But uh, hey, but you remember it. That's the good part. Hey, oh god, I think I remember it word for word. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty close. I love I think it. I put the whole thing back together. <laughs> that's my that's my bit. That's, that's awesome. my bit. Making fun of Craig. That's it. <laughs> Case, Something go brand for it, new that you've never done before. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new bit I've been working on. Yeah. 
case, go for it, brother. What am I doing? Am I summing up my life in one word? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> just a final word, period. What you'd like to say to people? Oh, no. You know, I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited about this band. I'm excited for people to hear it. I hope that uh, anybody that's that's uh, listening right now uh, gets a chance to come see us that they do, because uh, this is, is something I've never been uh, a part of. Uh, this is just it's. It's crazy. Everyone that sees it, my family, my friends, when they, they just all leave kind of open mouth, like, man, that was insane, you know, and and it's not because of of what any one of us are doing. It's because of what all three of us are doing together. And that's something that is new to me, refreshing, fun, amazing. I'm proud of it. I love it. And uh, I love the guys that I'm doing it with. And so, you know, if anybody gets the opportunity, they should come and uh, hang out with us because it's uh, a wacky, wild, fun time uh, and lots of great music. That's right. And I make Craig, I make fun of Craig on stage too. So don't worry. We'll see you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you make fun this of everyone on stage. Security. What's wrong with this? What? This is a normal thing right just here. Craig? <laughs> Man, I tell you, um, if anything, I, I'm going to reiterate what Casey said. And that's uh, as things are opening up now, I hope people uh, take the chance and take the time to come out and see the show live because um we have a blast and i, I believe it shows and we're, it's i really feel like i've found my uh, long lost brothers uh in this group coming together and uh i look forward to making making music with these guys for many many years to come that's awesome well craig casey and adam i had to turn it around this time adam so uh <laughs> make him feel a little bit better uh great to see you guys uh, well to see craig and adam and casey <laughs> the thought of seeing you as well so uh <laughs> luckily i still have the poster on the wall so that's good there we go <laughs> there we are. a young bucky covington right now yeah. <laughs> i will reach i will reach through the zoom interview phone call and punch you right in the nose <laughs> and i've already got an, a, a, a mad text <laughs> <laughs> well guys thank you so much for your time today and uh, i look forward to seeing you guys live in person real soon yeah, yes sir thank you for fun. having us yeah thanks cameron thanks again for joining us for this episode of good questions with cameron dole if you ever have a comment, question, anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, visit our merch store. We've got hoodies, shirts, tumblers, mugs, stickers, and more. It's gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. If you have a special guest idea, email me, gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out and hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. <laughs>